Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand Cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print-on-demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. It's episode 25 of the Print On Demand cast, which means our podcast is growing up, Travis. It's, uh, mm. it's getting older. And, it's so uh, cute. You know, it, it hasn't uh, quite left the house yet, but it's it's getting older. We're it, it'll get there. How's it going, man? What's uh, what's new in the uh, in your neck of the woods? You know, just another day in paradise here. Uh, you know, like we talked about um, last week. Uh, we're actually recording this a day after um, our last podcast uh, released, and so. My staff, all of my production staff, is still out on quarantine and will be for until mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. until Monday. So we're still, you know, kind of in the midst of, you know, all hands on deck, and sure. um, you know, but we're getting through it. It's, uh, it's. I think it's been good though um, when you're forced to kind of live the life of your employee for a little bit. Yeah, um, you yeah. you figure stuff out, and you you kind of have maybe a little more. Um, compassion for some of their frustrations. <laughs> sure, and, sure. Um, I, you know, it's kind of that I'm like the undercover boss without the undercover part. Yeah. Um, and I'm, so I'm doing like some of those jobs and, and I'm seeing some of the things that, you know, A, I want to improve uh, or tweak, you know, and I'm able to kind of get into the systems a little bit more and understand yeah. some of the frustrations of our operators. So that's that's yeah. that's been a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's lining. really not... Yeah, it's really not left me any time to um, do some of the things that I want to do to move the sure. business forward. But, sure. you know, that's, uh, you know, like I said last week, you just, as a business owner, you just kind of deal with it. You roll with the punches. Sure. That's that's it, man. Yeah, it's it's good to keep yourself, you know, sharp on on those skills too. You know, you know we talk about here, Jason and I always talk about how it, it's, it's good. So when employees are like, well, it's not possible to do, you know, this many prints in an hour. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, okay, well, I'll work with you. And if you keep yourself mm-hmm. sharp enough, you can kind of, you know, keep that bar where, of, of performance where it's at because you're able to also attain that, you know, the product, the productivity of it. Yeah. And uh, on our end, you know, our, one of our production guy is, uh, he's out with, uh, you know, tooth pain, which is obviously awful. He's got like an infection, oh. he's on painkillers and he's laid up and, not exactly coherent, you know, he's supposed to be back today, and he called, and he's like, listen, I am not cognizant, and we're like, hey, okay, just mm-hmm. stay home, so we've had to, like, you know, fill in as well, same thing, it's, it, yeah. it prevents you from, from working on the business when you're working in it, but it's just part of the grind, it's part of the, 
part of the deal, man. Sometimes you just have to get in there and get your hands dirty all over again, and uh, yep, it's it's part it's part of the part of the gig. So uh, today's episode, uh, for those listening, uh, is another interview episode, and so we're going to go ahead and forego again the point of interest. I know you're all just devastated. You're not going to hear Aww. another amazing bumper from Travis and or Travis's son. Uh, but next week we will have one. Uh, we have Adam Schneider with us in this episode. Travis, you know, you know, you've known Adam for uh, a while now, and I'm yeah. excited to have him on. And he's talking about you know his his POD story and some of the systems that he's using. And what are you looking forward to uh, in this interview as far as talking to Adam? And what are you looking forward to learning about? And what do you think the listeners will be able to kind of glean off of this interview? Yeah, Adam's a, a podcaster too. He does the Sales on Demand show, and yeah. um, uh, he, but he has a t- totally different model than us. He's doing a drop shipping model, which uh, ironically was what I started <laughs> when we started this podcast was what I was doing. But yeah. um, I, I always think it's you know it's good to have people that are doing different. Um, I mean, he's still doing print on demand. He's just doing it a different way. And I think there's probably listeners out there that, um, you know, are, are in the same boat as, as Adam. Um, they, they don't, they want to start and they don't know how. And, and one real easy way to start is through the dropship model. Now the the margins aren't quite as great as if you're doing it yourself, but you also don't have the upfront cost. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm just. I'm just excited to have a fellow podcaster on somebody else who's kind of, you know, knows the yeah. business and, and is in the in the weeds and, and just pick his brain a little bit and see if it can help, you know, somebody in our audience, maybe that's at that spot where they they don't know how to start, but they they really want to. Uh, maybe yeah. Adam's got something for them. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, we're going to go straight into this week's main event with Adam Schneider. All right, everybody, we have Adam Schneider with us here for the 25th episode of the Print on Demand cast. We've made this joke numerous times already tonight, but our podcast can rent a car. So uh, Adam mm-hmm. is here to help us celebrate that moment uh, in Print on Demand cast history. Uh, we actually just uh, were interviewed by him on his show, uh, and so we'll be sure to drop the show notes, a uh, link in the show notes, rather, uh, to that. But now we get to kind of reverse order, and we're going to interview him. So, Adam, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, how's things going? And, you know, fill everyone in that's listening uh, as to who you are and, and some of your backstory, and then we'll kind of get into the, the details after that. Well, thanks, Josiah and Travis. Uh, I really appreciate you guys being on here with me. So, I am a host of a podcast called The Sales on Demand Show, and uh, you guys will be episode uh, 96, I believe, nice. if my count is correct. Nice. But um, I, I'm just a retired law enforcement officer. I mean, uh, I, oh, worked, wow. I worked for the man for, for a long time and uh, started off in the, in the Army, and I just I wanted to be a cop so bad. I, mm. I actually graduated from Bible college, if you can believe it, so I think wow. I have something in common we you know we've tried to start a church there's all kinds of history yeah. there and then for wow, some reason cool. i got it in my head i was like i want to be a cop and then uh so i got into that field and i did 15 years of that and oh my gosh along the way yes yes so i didn't even know that you could sell things online until <laughs> 2017 um the whole <laughs> idea of selling online i knew that i mean i knew there was people doing things online you know, I was vaguely aware that the internet had 
you know, millions and millions of people interacting, but I was more concerned with, you know, the physical existence around me. We're trying to run a farm. I was trying to sell lamb. It was, it was a hard life. You know, <laughs> we had frozen pipes in the winter. My, my wife talks about those days. Like it was like we were living in Russia in the, <laughs> you know, in world war two. And I'm like, it wasn't that bad. And she's like, it was pretty bad. Okay, yeah, it was pretty bad, but you know, all of that's behind us now. In 2017, I I was listening to a podcast, a guy named Tom Woods, who is a wonderful um, libertarian podcaster, and he he dropped this thing about, hey, you can sell these coffee mugs on Amazon and and Etsy, just you know, print on demand, just make these simple designs and post. And I was like, really? Okay, <laughs> um, sure. So my my thought was, I'll just listen to, you know, I'll I'll hear about it and I'll just figure it out on my own. So, no, um, I was not ready to figure anything out on my own. So I I did join the training and uh, joined uh, someone named Rachel Rafay. She is currently my mentor and basically kind of like an employer of mine. I'm one of her coaches for her, her program. But... I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what FBA meant. I was like, what's conversion? So I had to just go through all of this, and, and it was a slow start for me. So, you know, got my Amazon account, got uh, got Etsy open, and just basically started fumbling my way through through selling while at the same time trying to do a bunch of other things, you know, make my, make my farm work. And, and I, I was working probably, you know, five or six different jobs, and then I – I realized that print on demand was the only thing that was really making me money. So I thought I, I better focus on this. But the, the trouble is when you're, you know, when you're trying to make cash now, it's hard to focus on something that is more of a long-term play. And I, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't take the money, the profits from this. I need to reinvest and make this into a long-term thing. So I, I, I did that for the first, probably the first two years. And I just basically reinvested my profits in my own education. Mm-hmm. And I, I got pretty good at it until the, the point where I could just kind of just let the business run itself. And I would just add a few products every now and then. And then at Christmas time, of course, you're, you're busy filling orders yeah. and answering customers, emails and stuff. But it was never anything that was really overwhelming to the point where I was like, I have to quit my job and do this. Right. But then came the year of our Lord, 2020. And man, <laughs> did, did 2020, it was a curveball. And it didn't I don't feel like a year from our Lord, that's for sure. No, it sure didn't. <laughs> I mean, I just remember all the jokes we were making about 2020, like, aha, 2020's coming. I have yeah. 2020 hindsight 2020 now. Vision, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 2020 vision. That was the joke. And I just remember <laughs> making those simple jokes and thinking that 2020 was going to be this, the year of the flying car or something like that. Like, can yeah. you imagine... Just being hopeful about 2020 like that. (laughs) So at the beginning of 2020, I had it in my head. I was like, I'm applying for a police service. I'm going to be a a big city cop again. You know, I want to do the the grind thing and get in there and like, you know, bash criminals around. I don't know. The the whole thing, you know. Sure. People from drugs, that whole thing. But yeah. um, I realized that the business that I was running, the print-on-demand business, was growing to the point where I was like, I need to make this into something. But I'm caught between 
two things that I want to do. So I said, oh, let's go for the, the cop thing and, and see how that goes. But um, I just I didn't feel I just felt like I wasn't going to be successful at it. And I don't know if that was God saying to me, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. This is the wrong path. But I'm stubborn, so I just kept at it because, you know, sometimes we are stubborn and we just sure. push ahead even when we see that, you know, there is a better way. So 2020, yeah. of course, things started out kind of quiet, but then it got really real weird real quick. And <laughs> sales went down on Amazon, but then they went up again. And they didn't just go up. They went up like a rocket ship. And yeah. I thought, oh, this is interesting. More people are shopping online. Okay. So yeah. um, I, I had an amazing Mother's Day and Father's Day. And uh, when I got to summer, I basically knew what I was going to do. I was like, I, I have to do this full time. Like, I can't keep working, you know, 40 hours a week at a, yeah. at a job that is enjoyable, but it takes up all of my mental energy. I've got to make this break. And my mentor, Rachel Rofay, she's like, Hey, I'm starting this new program. Would you like to be a coach? And, and at that point I had already started building my own platform and in a podcast, but I'd never had any experience at teaching anybody. And I was kind of fresh. So I I was creating a, a course at the time, something that I had promised all of my listeners. I'm like, I promise I'll do this someday. And I finally got to the point where I was doing it. And I released it at the same time as I started coaching, and both of them did. Uh, both of those things have done really well. And I, I look back and I'm like, that's the best decision I ever could have made to just leap off the edge of the boat and and, and go full time with this, even though I had no guarantee of any income whatsoever. It was right. it really was a leap of faith in a sense, and uh, that was October. So from October wow. till now, I've been I've been doing lots of coaching. Uh, really enjoy talking to people, making content on the podcast, and building out the the course that I've been doing. And of course, I'm getting serious about business because, I mean, if you're not growing, you're shrinking. You you really can't stay still in this business. You have to be moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys completely understand. Like, you you guys are looking for new place to sell. You're targeting Walmart, and, and you're you're growing your business in that way so i decided yeah i've got to get got to get serious and start growing everything that i do but i've come to a point where i'm like i need to start handing things off to some people and i and building a team is my next challenge yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's currently where i'm at is i'm like okay i got to start building a team and some processes and just making yeah. this actually productive yeah so so adam you um you have a little bit of a different business model than Josiah and I do. And, uh, I, I think that's, that's one of the reasons we really wanted to talk to you. Um, yeah. you're doing the, the dropship POD model, which is, I mean, when we started this podcast, I was actually doing that. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, but I've, I've, you know, I've got my facility now, but I, I kind of want to hear, uh, you use a company called Gearbubble. And um, I know Rachel Rafay is kind of tied in with them somehow and, you know, has, has some relationships there. And um, can you tell us a little bit about Gearbubble and how, how that, you know, how that whole thing works and how, how you've seen it grow and how you've grown with it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So Gearbubble is, it is a print-on-demand supplier, and they are one of the, the bigger ones. Um, Printful, obviously, everybody knows Printful, and they are, mm-hmm. they're good. They're they're a good quality yeah. company. Um, Gearbubble 
is making inroads with uh, Facebook ads. That's really what mm. what Don Wilson designed it. He's the founder and owner of Gearbubble and, mm-hmm. and basically a, kind of a friend of mine, too, who actually met in person in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, basically what Gearbubble does is that um, you sign up with them. It's free to sign up. Um, and you can integrate with the marketplaces. So you can integrate with Shopify. You can integrate with Amazon Etsy, eBay, which I, like you said before, eBay was kind of a loss for me, so I gave <laughs> that up. Amazon and Etsy are the ones that make me the most the most money. Um, but when you get an order, it gets automatically fulfilled. And somewhere in the United States, I don't know where these, where these folks are, but someone's making these coffee mugs, uh, putting them in the mail and shipping them off. And basically the money, you, you pay the base cost plus shipping and all of the all of the process of the order coming in, it's all automated. Yeah. So it's it's a business model that works really well for me because all I have to worry about at that point is getting the product, the idea created, putting it into some kind of digital format like a like a design, and then putting it on the Gearbubble platform and from there I push it to Amazon Etsy and if it makes a sale then I make money and if it doesn't then I just you know maybe I spent minutes making the design and so I lost 2 minutes of my life which uh you know at, at this point in my life um just sitting in traffic is is costing me money so <laughs> I can afford 2 minutes but um yeah that's basically the business model and and of course on Amazon um, making hundreds and, and almost thousands and thousands of designs really is the way to get ahead. And then yeah. once I find something that sells, then I turn to what you guys are, are doing, which is fulfillment by Amazon. And that has been very successful for me in mm-hmm, terms sure. of, um, and that was one of the struggles and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to the, that the I'm doing for my own, you know, printing at home business because it was related to my frustrations with Amazon FBA is that, you know, I, I couldn't get my products to Amazon in time. I, mm. I was doing great, making lots of sales, but waiting three months for, you know, mugs to get printed and shipped to Amazon, it was just not really working well for me. So I had to come up with the solution that uh, is currently kind of, working for me and I'm uh, when I expand it I'm going to have to change the way it's been done but yeah so far the the print on demand model where you know someone else handles all of the the fulfillment side is pretty good and it particularly on Etsy where customization is the king on Etsy yeah people yeah. people want to see their name on a mug they want to see their name on a t-shirt or they want to see their name on some other product and um, order desk, of course, is the way that I've been using to fulfill that because it pulls in all of the information. I mean, otherwise, I would have to put the customer's name in. It would <laughs> sure. be very tedious. So there's lots of excellent solutions out there for for uh, Etsy and Amazon, and I'm I'm working on just expanding what I'm doing so so that it you know I make even more money without having to really take as much time to, to manage the logistics of it. So, in a nutshell, that's basically what Gearbubble is and what I'm using yeah. it for. Yeah. So, so tell me, um, you mentioned long times to get your products into FBA, but what are some of the trade-offs, um, you know, versus you know, for a drop shipper that you 
you know, versus fulfilling your own products, um, I, I would imagine there's there's a longer lead time, you know, or lag time from the time the order comes in to when it's actually shipped. Um, but what have you, you know, what do you wish was better, I guess, with gear or with shipping POD? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And of course, this Christmas, we all got basically... I don't know if you want to say punched in the face by by <laughs> just the circumstances, but there were some major supply issues. Yeah. And um, seeing as how I don't have the ability, you know, I, I sold a lot of Christmas ornaments, for example. And uh, so I'd send in the order to the warehouse, and then I'm putting along, like on Etsy, you can set your production time, so you tell your customer, okay, it's going to take about two weeks to get this printed and shipped. And most people are like, okay, that's fine. They order in advance. All good. In ordinary years, that wouldn't have been a big issue. Even when it's busy, they hire more staff and get it printed. This year, that was a huge problem. And, uh, you know, the warehouses got COVID. And you basically just, you don't have any control over the logistics of your product once you put in the order. And And there were some issues with things not getting printed properly and now, now, on the other hand, um, Gearbubble guarantees that it's going to make it there. So if if something gets misprinted or misshipped, you, I just send them a message and say, hey, this order got screwed up. Send them another one for free. And they and they do that. Um, mm-hmm. So you're you're gaining a little bit of sort of uh, you're getting a guarantee that it's going to get there. But you're giving up control of it yourself. And yeah. for me. The difficulty with for me is that I live in Canada, so for me to get access to the U.S. markets, I have to cross that invisible line in the sand called the U.S. border. And during <laughs> COVID, I mean, that's even more of an issue because mm-hmm. um, I was thinking, you know, I'll just I'll just drive across the border. I actually only live like a, an hour and a half from the U.S. border, so it wouldn't actually be that tough for me to cross the U.S. border. But they won't let me do that. Like, um, you, just, you just really can't cross the border now. And I'm like. Well, this sucks. So I get, I'm relying on you know U.S. suppliers to get products to U.S. customers um, yeah. in a timely fashion. So it allows people like me who don't live in the United States to sell to Americans, and then of course even to people overseas. So I make lots of sales to Australia. I sell to Canada, of course, and mm-hmm. it's kind of bizarre. People think that I'm shipping from my house, and I'm like, no, no, it's coming from the United States crossing the border it's gonna take a while <laughs> canada post is not amazing at delivering you know packages during <laughs> christmas season yeah. so it, it is a bit of a, a struggle to make customers aware of that but if you if you let them know ahead of time what what to expect usually you can kind of get away with it um, sure. most of the time there are cases <laughs> where it's like okay now i do have to refund you because been six weeks and you haven't seen that that package so yeah yeah, yeah I, i'm gonna have to refund you on that one but cost doing business so so that yeah. is that's one of the, the struggles for me being being not in the united states it was uh the only option for me to get started and it is the easiest way for people to get started doing print on demand you literally just need you know a couple bucks to open an etsy store and start some listings and you can just start selling immediately right yeah Right. Speaking of Etsy, you mentioned, you know, customization is is king on Etsy. Uh, and, yes. And, and Travis and I, we both know that we both have experience on the customization craze and, and people wanting something unique to them. What's your order flow 
for custom. You mentioned Autodesk, and we've talked about Autodesk a lot on this podcast, referenced it, I should say, because neither Travis or I have really gotten in the weeds with Autodesk a, a lot. Uh, he has more than I have. So tell us about your order flow uh, for custom orders and then kind of what Autodesk does for you that makes that easy, uh, an easy process. Yeah. Um, Autodesk was kind of a brand new thing for me this year. I'd been hearing about it um, in the, the, the months of uh, May and June. There were some other sellers using it. Um, but it basically is it's a, it's a hub for suppliers and, and the, the artwork and all of the information to just be compiled in one spot. So yeah. it is a bit of a tech challenge to get to get on there. And anybody who struggles with, you know, how do I open this PDF? You might not be uh, <laughs> it might be a bit of a challenge for you to get onto Autodesk, but um, I'm actually working on creating some some videos that will help people navigate Autodesk. But what it does is it so, pulls what, in. so what you're saying is so what you're saying is you double click Autodesk and it opens up. Is that, yes. is that how it works? No, okay. you've got to do a Google search. You gotta search <laughs> Yahoo for Google, and then when you get Google, yeah. you search order desk, and then it opens yeah. order desk. And it syncs se- sync seamlessly yeah. with your MySpace. So you're gonna be just yeah. Fine, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom sends out the order for you from MySpace, and there you go. Oh, um, <laughs> so what it does is it it pulls in order information from your platforms, and it, it actually can go to Amazon Canada. It can go to Amazon US. It can do Shopify, and you just get them all in one, basically one big pile of orders, and it tells you where it came from. And uh, for me, I can separate out the orders that are going to Gearbubble because I still use Gearbubble. They get automatically integrated. I don't want to touch that side of things. So the customization, though, Gearbubble doesn't have any way to automate that. Mm. And if I didn't have Orderdesk, I would have to create the artwork that the customer wanted, yeah. And then I would have to just order the product, put the customer's name in. So basically now all I need to do when an order comes in from that from that platform where it's customized, I just make the artwork and I have the template saved. So it's literally just go delete the name that's there, put in the new name. It takes about 20 seconds. Okay. I download the brand new artwork, upload it to their Dropbox, and they've got the order. Mm. So... Um, also, you can you know you can edit customer details. You can you have a lot more control over each order, yeah. and you can uh, there's so much functionality for Autodesk. The, the guys who have created it, um, they're really working hard at making it sort of a a really multi-purpose platform. So there's yeah. lots of things that you can add SKUs on. You can create folders. So if you wanted something to go to one fulfillment area, you could create a folder for them. You can create other folders. For, I mean, it is just, it's a lot of functionality that yeah. that I don't really need right now, but I can see yeah. where other people it, would, would use it. Yeah, it seems pretty robust. I think, I mean, yeah. I've, I've gotten into, with what we're doing uh, here, it, it seems like it would be a, a good solution. Um, but again, I get into it and I learn, I see all the things that it can do that I almost get like analysis paralysis or some, some, <laughs> yes. some form of that. And I'm like, well, I'll come back to it in another week. And I feel like I can comprehend yeah. <laughs> what the hell I just read. So, uh, yeah, but it does seem like a really awesome, uh, solution for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, I almost, it was, I was just going to say, I was actually li- literally reading about it today because, 
I'm looking to use it um, on the other end because um, as a fulfillment partner, you can Mm -hmm. um, basically create, you know, their top tier, I think it's their pro or their plus or whatever it is. You can create stores and you can create an unlimited amount of stores for your clients. And all of those stores will then funnel into like the parent store. So all of my you know, my filament partner clients will basically, I'll give them an order desk store and they can tie in their Etsy and their Amazon and their Shopify and all their, you know, whatever. And anything that comes in, they'll be able to manipulate it just like you were talking about, um, Adam, and upload their custom art or whatever. And then it'll flow into my, you know, my parent uh, fulfillment order desk. And then we'll use that to fulfill their products when we ship it. It'll push back the information back to their channels and and tell the you know the Etsy and the Amazon. It'll send the tracking right back through the right back down the line. It's really yeah. really cool. So I was just looking looking at that, and I'm pretty excited to get started with that. Um, you know, there's just a few more you know eyes I need to dot and T's I need to cross before we go down that road. But um, it's a very robust software, and we're excited about using it in our in our. Um, in our business. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's working out for you so well. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Um, no, you, you nailed it. That's what custom happy has done. I, I use custom happy, which is, uh, just a warehouse in the United States that's mm-hmm. owned mm-hmm. by Rachel, um, as, as the fulfillment for my products. Um, mm-hmm. and they have their, they've set up their store like that. So it's branded with their logo and everything. And, uh, you got to let me know when you get yours set up because uh, we might have to chat about uh, fulfillment. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Be, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great, man. Hey, so um, speaking of, uh, you know, fulfillment, you have recently entered into uh, a little bit of a, a new territory, Adam. Oh, I, I, I heard sure on, did. I saw on Facebook that yeah. uh, you started, you decided you were going to start pressing your own coffee mugs. So welcome to yeah. the family, first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> why don't you kind of tell us your, um, your experience with that so far? How's that gone for you? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I went through my brain when I was thinking about, I I thought about this originally because shipping to Canada was such a pain because it had to cross the United States border. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could just print my own Canadian orders and ship them out? Now I don't actually do that now because (laughs) printing, printing individual orders is actually a little bit more difficult. um, Especially when I don't have any real workflow, but um, FBA does exist in Canada. So in, in part of my brain, I knew that that was real. And I thought, is there a way for me to get products to Canada's FBA without having to, to bring them back across the border? And I just kept spinning that around in my head over and over and over again. And, and finally, I I did a bunch of research and I was like, okay, what kind of, you know, printer would I need? You know, how, where do I get mm-hmm. the mugs? And it just looked like it was going to be really hard to do. Until I found a local supplier, which for me, local is, you know, in, in Canada, anything that's two hours away is local, right? So we've got these long straight roads here. So I was like, oh, it's only an hour away, the same city that my church is in. So um, I basically ordered all of the supplies from these guys. It cost me a couple grand Canadian dollars. So it's maybe like 
$30 US um, to get all this stuff. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I brought it home and I'm like, all right, let's try this. Let's just see what I can do with this. Um, and I started with one box of mugs and I was like, I'm sending this to Canada FBA. Let's see how it's going to do. Nice. And I, I did do a little bit of research on Canada's FBA. You know, I, you go and look and see what's selling. And of course, our marketplace is like 5% of the United States. So it's mm-hmm. not huge. But the United States, yeah, it's a big marketplace. So even 5% of that is, is not nothing. And uh, I thought, okay, well, basically Canada is where the United States was five years ago in terms of saturation. So, you know, even the, the, the things that I wouldn't be able to compete with in the United States, I could probably compete in those niches here yeah, without yeah. really trying too hard. So I sent in like six units of, of four different designs and they've, they've started selling. So nice. I was like, sweet, sweet. This, it works. Um, and then of course, um, the other thing was that I really, really wanted a solution for my FBA in the United States. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I even debated opening up my own FBA warehouse and, and that's still something I've, you know, toyed around with, but what, I what am I, what am I, Adam? Chop I know, right. I Come know, on, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's something that's in my head, but I, I'm not focused on it primarily because I've recognized now, you know, you, you can't take all the paths. You got to find one that you're really good at and travel that path. So at the, at the time being, I am just a solo guy printing my own FBA products in my basement, but it's been it's been interesting and it, it is kind of fun to do it. Um, yeah. I, I I guess I don't have to do it, but I do it because I I enjoy it. I wanted a little bit more control over the packaging sure. and the speed of sending products, and I can get you know I can get my products into Amazon basically checked in within a week and a half, which is unheard of for yeah. uh, for you know, ordering coffee mugs. And I had another supplier in the United States, but they were just putting the, the mug inside this flimsy cardboard box. And it was basically Amazon was taking a baseball bat and just, you know, they're just pre smashing <laughs> them all in advance. You know, you know how Amazon does. I know, I yeah. know you guys have, have yeah. worked a lot with your packaging to make it really secure. And I don't, I don't blame you for that one bit because uh, Amazon is brutal with, <laughs> especially at Christmas time, you know, you can kind of get away with it, for the rest of the year, not putting sure. it in secure packaging, but at Christmas time, that sucker is going to be in a lead line box or it's going to come in pieces. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, they treat it like TSA putting uh, luggage into an airplane. They just, yeah, pretty out. much, you know, yeah. the slingshot goes and they yeah. just uh, fire it in the air yeah. and if it Sirius takes lands. it into the truck, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's awesome. Hey, I so actually tell- had a question. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask you guys, um, I know that you're using some pretty sturdy packaging. I think you said that you're using like seven inch um, square boxes. Did you did you experiment with other sizes and what did you find with with that? Dude, I've experimented with every freaking box that yeah. would fit a coffee mug <laughs> in it. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. Um, I've done everything from the single sided, you know, just nothing p- protecting it to do FBA thinking. In my vast wisdom, I thought, oh well. <laughs> Amazon, if they send it to the customer and it breaks, it's their fault. Mm, <laughs> wah, wah. That didn't work. Uh, I've done, I've done the boxes with the with the uh, uh, styrofoam in it. Those were a little price pricey, and so I moved to a five 
five by five by five cube that we would wrap a single medium bubble around. Um, and that seems to work fairly well. Um, and I think that's kind of what you guys, Josiah, you guys are still doing that. We, yeah. we are now doing a, a seven by six by six, um, for our 11 ounce, uh, and, and our 15 ounce. And we do three wraps of these, this, uh, medium bubble. So for, for the merchant fulfilled stuff. So anything that we send out merchant fulfilled, we really want it packaged. Well, uh, we're getting hardly any breaks at all. Um, and then the cool thing is, is that, um, I can, for my priority stuff, which we send our 15 ounce priority mail. Um, and then any, anybody that does expedited, we send priority mail. Um, USPS has a priority mail mailer. That's a seven by seven by six. And it's actually perfect for, you know, a 15 ounce mug with three layers wrapped around it. Um, but for FBA, um, the plan is to do, uh, six and I, and I used to do this, uh, I have now I haven't, I've outsourced it, but our plan is to do six, sixes, twelves and thirty sixes in the five by five by five. Um, it's kind of a, it's a white gift box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think for FBA, that's going to work. Uh, I, I, and that's, I think Josiah, you guys are using that. I mean, I used to yeah. use that for my yeah, yeah, yeah. fulfilled as well. Yep. Yeah. We're doing that, uh, same kind of white gift style box with, you know, three wraps of the, you know, bubble wrap in there. And we don't get a whole lot of breakage uh, either. Um, once in a while, we'll get one back in the mail, you know, a return. You can tell it sounds like a nice Christmas ornament was crushed <laughs> in there. Uh, but, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, but, but it is it is an experimentation. I mean, I'm, I, Travis yep. and I both have been, uh, you know, testing boxes together. And then we'll just be like, okay, and drop it from here. Nope, and drop it from here. Nope. So we do drop tests, and it's uh, it's very myth buster thorough, you know, testing yeah, of, yeah. of what these boxes the goggles, can do. This. Yes, yeah. yeah, just twirl the mustache. Uh, so, so Adam, tell us, you know, your your recent like we've covered your uh, recently pressing your own mugs. What kind of gear do you have? What are you doing it with? A lot of people that are listening uh, might be just starting out, might be looking at what to get or, you know, changing equipment. What are you using, uh, at the moment when you are uh, pressing stuff yourself? Well, um, this was a good question. I did a ton of research on, you know, what can I do? What should I do? And there was a temptation of mine to go with, a conversion kit and and buy something like an Epson printer and mm-hmm. and use like a conversion kit because you can save a little bit of money. The sawgrass printers they're eight hundred dollars, which is not cheap. Um, in the end, I decided that if you're going to do something, why not buy the tool that's designed to do that? And the Epson printer is not designed to do sublimation. It can do it. It's kind of like you know putting a, a gas-powered engine on a bicycle. It's not really designed for that. You can do it. You'll have a lot of fun. Work. Yeah, you'll have a lot of fun <laughs> until the bike like shakes itself apart or something like that. <laughs> I, I actually used to do this, by the way, putting gasoline engines on a bike. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but they never last very long. So I, thought, I said to myself, I'm going to go with the whatever's the best you know, low-scale printer. So I did get the uh, Sawgrass 500. And they also had um, the the mug press is a Geo Knight, I believe. No, it's a Galaxy Press. Sorry, they had two versions. So I got the Galaxy Press. It's the latest version. It's the latest model, as uh, Harry Potter said. Um, 
And I, I'm happy with it because, um, you know, I want this to be a long-term business and I don't want to buy some, uh, cheap thing off of Alibaba or AliExpress that's going to break. Yeah. And then, and then if I'm stuck with something that doesn't work, then I'm, I'm back to ground zero. So I decided to go with, you know, the best that you can buy and pay the money to get good quality stuff. Hmm. Um, nice. on the other hand, um, when it was talking, when you're talking about boxes and stuff like that, I did initially skimp on the boxes. Um, I was trying to find something that was, was going to fit 36 units into a box. And so it was a bit of a, a math problem to get, you know, how many, how many can I get in there and, and how, how well can I protect it? So my first shipments went out with zero bubble wrap on them whatsoever. And I'm like, please God, let those survive. They're somewhere out there, and they're in God's hands now. So you know, we'll see how they do. I mean, and of course, you know, getting started, I, I misprinted a bunch of mugs. You know, you got to figure out the time and temperature. So it was really, it was almost like a new experience for me going back to school and learning how to do something that I've never done in my life is printing printing mugs or printing any kind of product. And yeah. it, it was exciting. It was exciting, yeah. even though you know there was some breakage involved. Literally, you know. Dropping a mug on the ground, it mm-hmm. shatters, and then you got to sweep that sucker up. But uh, I was I was excited about it, and I, I did it more for the experience than because I really had to do it. But it was going to be part of my future business model, so I thought I better learn this now sure. so that I can uh, know how to do it and and make it work really well. That's cool, man. That's really that's exciting because uh, I mean I remember. I, I literally have cases of mugs that are like burnt because what I what I did I didn't buy a great press I bought a cheapo you know on eBay that was you know literally drop shipped from China and um, it was a dual mug press so I could do two at a time I thought ooh this is going to be great because I could do two at a time um, the problem was their heat uh, elements would just burn out and and they weren't accurate. And so what would happen was eventually these heat presses would just start burning mugs left and right. And then I'd have to wait and get another one. And so, um, I, I think I went through five of those before I finally bought a decent press. So kudos to you for, for starting out on the right foot, man. That's, that's smart. And (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, we, I, I had the Epson and I converted it and then I eventually got the sawgrass at that time. It was the 400, Um, but great freaking machine. And I'll tell you what. The difference between that Epson and the speed, it was so slow compared to that Sawgrass. So, I mean, right there, I immediately increased my production speed. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was beneficial. Had I known that at the beginning, maybe I would have, you know, d- made the uh, decision that you did. So, um, so, so Adam, you've got a POD course um, yes. along with your podcast, your your sales on demand show, um, and and you recently released that. Um, Probably what what fourth quarter last year you released that or um, yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about tell us about that course and and uh, and maybe some of our listeners want to go with a dropship model and and maybe this is kind of a match made in heaven (laughs) Mm -hmm. well um, this was something that I had in my brain for a long long time it was actually one of the things that inspired me to start the podcast I I just had all of this you know stuff inside of me I love talking about business and I love talking with with people about business but even if it's just me on the podcast I I I was just filled with all of this I need to talk to people about this and start basically educating so for the first 
two years of the podcast, it was just free content every week. I'm putting it out there. You use it as you see fit. And someday I'll put this into a course package and we'll sell it. And I'd already, <laughs> I always told people, yeah, I'm going to put this out on a course, video training, you know, lots of uh, documents to help you, customer service scripts, all that kind of thing. I'm like, okay, now I'm actually going to do it. And when I realized I was about to leave my job in October, I was planning this in August. I'm like, I got to get on this because uh, this is going to be an important part of my future. And, mm-hmm. and I approach this from a beginner perspective. I have, you know, I've basically taught my entire family what print on demand is. They're all, they're, you know, my brothers are doing it. They, they're part of the course. They're part of the training. Nice. And, um, yeah, it, it does become a family thing pretty quickly, as I'm sure you quite you understand. Yes. Yeah. So my <laughs> my sure daughter do. and my wife were here on Monday boxing mugs because all of my staff was out with COVID. <laughs> so I called yeah. them and said, "I need your help." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Family thing. Yeah. My focus was, you know, getting people who are kind of solo people, getting them up to speed teaching them how Etsy works and how Amazon works, helping them open up their account. I used, of course, Gearbubble as my primary fulfillment, but, I mean, you can use the technique with any fulfillment Mm -hmm. supply company that you want. I'm Printful does, Coffee Mugs too. Of course, my focus is Coffee Mugs, but that's, that's because that's where I'm at it now and that's where I have the most experience. There's still lots and lots of potential with Coffee Mugs. It's one of the most popular products especially yeah. during Mother's Day and Christmas and Valentine's Day. And it's easy to create designs for that. You don't have to, you don't really need a graphic designer to, yeah. to create simple text designs for, for coffee mugs. You know, it just says, uh, I've got one that says, uh, education is important, but skiing is importanter, which um, you might think, uh, who'd, <laughs> yeah. who'd buy a mug like that? Well, yes, I've had, I sold four of those over Christmas and it took me, Literally, you know, four tenths of a second to create that. So, yep. Um, yep. because I'm not, you know, talented as a graphic designer or anything like that, and I'm just a solo guy with a small team right now, I needed something that was going to be something that I can run every aspect of it. And now, of yep. course, I, I teach other people how to set up their own small businesses, you know, running their little Etsy store. If you want to make $200 a month and maybe, you know, a couple thousand dollars a Christmas, you can do that. And it's, very easy and cheap to do it. You don't have to have your own fulfillment center. You don't have to buy a sawgrass printer or do anything like that. You just set up the, you know, the online store, get some mm-hmm. designs made and start uh, adding it to your store. And uh, yeah, the course is, it's fairly long now. And it's, it's, I call it print on demand A to Z because I really wanted to cover every aspect of print on demand. Yeah. And I'm going to be adding um, a new segment pretty pretty soon here. How to do your own printing from home, um, nice. <laughs> which which I thought I thought nobody's going to want to know about this. Why would anybody want to do it at home? I was surprised. People are like, "Oh man, when you add that, make sure you let me know." I love to do that. So I'm going to be adding. You know, I'll, I've got all of my little workflow around me, and of yeah. course, I'm still just one guy. So it's it's pretty easy for someone to do what I'm doing versus you know I'm aiming to do what you guys are doing of course i'm not there yet but um uh it's it's much easier for someone to just kind of come in and do a little you know just experiment with things on their own than it is to have their their own large business right off the bat so i'm targeting those 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 people who really are just they're new to this space and they 
they just want to get started and just yeah get their foot off on the right on the right foot i guess yeah absolutely that's super exciting man and i know that there's a lot of our listening audience that that falls into that category as well so for those that are listening that are interested uh, after hearing adam uh, talk about his pod course uh, we have an affiliate link in the show notes so if you feel like that's something you want to take advantage of you want to kind of glean some knowledge and and get some insight from adam please make yourself uh, make it available to you with that affiliate link and uh, you won't, you will not regret it so um and the other thing adam too you know listening to you talk about wanting to expand the cool thing is about like the the designs you have now for all of the mugs you're doing, uh, it's it's super easy to just repurpose those for shirts and yep. and every other kind of yes. you know item. So so you're doing a lot of work for mugs, but that work will pay off again because you're going to be able to use those assets yeah. on a plethora of items. So um, that's super super exciting, and I look forward to when that time comes having you back on and and you updating us about how you're selling shirts now and how you figured out you know that whole system and. And uh, it's going to be super exciting. But I wanted to thank you not only for coming on the show, but you mentioned in the beginning your military service and serving as a police officer. So thank you uh, on behalf of myself and Travis and listeners for your service. I know it's not uh, being a police officer isn't always the easiest gig, especially in 2020. So thank you so much for that as well. Um, And uh, thank you for taking time to come on the show and uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on here, and uh, I look I look up to you guys. You guys are, um, in a sense, you guys are mentors for me. And I mean, if there's anything that I do that that will will help you guys in your journey, I, that's great. But uh, I I definitely aspire to be where you guys are. You know, in a sense, with the larger business, hopefully sure. in a couple of years for sure. And I appreciate your time. Awesome. Keep this podcast yeah. going. It's a really valuable asset. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back again to to update us down the road. Well, there you have it, our interview with Adam Schneider. I want to thank Adam one more time for coming on to the show. It was great to talk to him, great to hear about his story, his experience, and I really enjoyed, um, you know, talking to someone who is kind of having success in the dropship model, but is just now starting to branch off into, you know, producing stuff himself. I think that Adam is prime for success. Again, we talked a little bit about that at the end of the interview. Like he's got so much, so many assets and designs that he's kind of primed to scale whenever he feels like that moment's right for him. So I, I really enjoyed, and he's, he's, he's a lot of fun to talk to. Um, Travis, what, what'd you think of the interview? And, um, uh, yeah, what were, what were your thoughts? Yeah, Adam's an all-around good dude. I'm glad you know, we sure. finally got him on our podcast. I've known him for a little while. And I actually like reached. I listened to his podcast before we were doing ours and reached yeah. out to him um, and was actually on his podcast before we were ever doing ours. Um, and, yeah, right. he's, just, he's just a good, a good guy that um, is trying to do things the right way. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, so I, I, I also enjoyed, you know, kind of hearing his, his journey. And, and I love the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's got his own mug press and he's, you know, he's going for it, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's oh, got, absolutely. you know, he's got big dreams. And maybe someday he'll, he'll have a, you know, Canadian Fulfillment Center and <laughs> like, like he's hoping oh, for. Yeah, and, eh? and we can use him to... <laughs> to fulfill all of our Canadian yeah. orders. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's really, I think it's really cool. You know, with the connections that, 
not only that we've made, you know, during this podcast, but, you know, in the past through RMRC and all the other conventions that you and I have gone mm-hmm. to, the the relationships you make, you know, it's it's good friendships, but then it always ends up sometimes being very um, beneficial in, in other ways as well. So you never know yeah. how different relationships and friendships can lead to cool collaboration. So I'm really looking forward to uh, following up with Adam and seeing, you know, as he begins to scale mm-hmm. what his process was as he scaled. And again, for those listening, uh, you heard Adam talk about his POD course. The affiliate link for that is in the show notes. So mm-hmm. please avail yourself of that if you're in that stage where you feel like you can learn a lot from what Adam is doing. I think you can, and I think you won't regret uh, making yourself are making that available for you. So, um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening to the Print On Demand cast. Mm-hmm. You can get the Print On Demand cast at printondemandcast.com. Email us, info at printondemandcast.com. If you have questions for Travis or myself or even for Adam that we can relay and maybe on a follow-up episode, uh, have him back on you know, and kind of give more insight on whatever you would like him to talk about, um, we are available on all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Anchor, wherever mm-hmm. you get your podcasts, there we are. Just search P-O-D cast and, of course, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Helps the algorithms, helps us get in front of the people uh, that need this information much like yourself. So with that, for Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you next time right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the Print On Demand Cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.